This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings on this Monday from Studio B on Airline Drive. It's the start of a very busy week. We're coming off of a very busy weekend around our city. And so we are uh, full speed ahead. Uh, Talk about getting out of the gate running. We will do that today. We're going to talk more about the NFL draft, which, of course, will dominate the news later this week. And we'll also talk NBA playoffs on this Monday as we have one team already now moving on to the second round, the San Antonio Spurs completed their sweep of the Grizzlies yesterday. And so Bill Schoening, the voice of the Spurs, is kind enough to join us as one of our guests today. And as far as that NFL draft preview series goes, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number nine here on this Monday as well. Daniel Salerson is with me. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel, grab that microphone here in Studio B if you don't mind. Hello, got Sean. lots to talk about because... Because you, my friend, were at Jazz Fest over the weekend, and I'm awfully jealous. How did it go? Oh, beautiful weather. It was a beautiful day. I went yesterday, Red Hot Chili Peppers, so hung out and watched them. It was it was amazing. Really good. I wish I could go Saturday to see Pearl Jam. I was not able to go, but just a beautiful weekend for weather, and uh, the show was good. The show was good. I heard it was packed. Very packed. I could barely move, but it was. I got there early, though, so I had a, a decent view of the stage. Very good. Very good. Um, we've got Jazz Fest, of course, coming up later this week as well. Uh, and it begins a little earlier, kind of Locals Day on Thursday. And all that will be going on is, uh, of course, we've got the NFL draft. And later this week we'll have more details about the, the uh, big party on uh, Saturday uh, for Saints season ticket holders. It's the second annual uh, Super Boil. We'll do that on Saturday as a part of the final day of the NFL draft. Uh, and, uh, Daniel, when we look at the NFL draft, that uh, primetime start on Thursday night, uh, from Chicago, we'll finally get to this place, Daniel, where instead of, I guess, uh, prognosticating or better yet, guessing what teams might do, we'll finally learn what the teams want to do with this year's draft. Yeah, you know, it's crazy every year when we all try to do the mock drafts and try to predict who could go where. It only takes one trade like has already gone on before with the Rams getting the number one pick and the Eagles at two. It just takes one team to trade up that can mess up everyone's mock draft because they take someone or going after someone or a position player that might affect the rest of it. So we could predict all we want, but it's only going to take one little trade just to, to mess everything up. And it seems like every year there's there's one of those that kind of uh, shake up the whole first round. Yeah, it does. And it's also affected our preview series when we started what we thought was number one. Um, you know, this week, Daniel, we'll get into more of the NFC South team starting today with Tampa. Uh, tomorrow we'll talk, um, of course, about the Panthers and the Falcons, and then on Wednesday we'll really get a good launch into the Saints uh, draft week with John DeShazer. But, um, you know, I, I don't think, Daniel, unless you think I'm crazy here, I don't think <laughs> with regard to the NFC South teams we'll see much movement. Although, what's to say the Saints don't want to make a move here or even Tampa Bay at number nine uh, at this point. So we can have all these great conversations, Diesel, but uh, what we don't know is probably more important than what we do know at the moment. Right, and also just could depend on how big the offer is. You see a team that desperately wants a certain player and they know they can get them there at number 12, um, maybe from a number 20 or whatever. You might see the Saints say, hey, we can come down and still get the player that we want or uh, address another uh, hole to fill. And then also with the Panthers, as far as the Josh Norman situation, now you might think about getting a cornerback. Whether you want to move up for one of those or 
I mean, there's some little things like that, but you're right. I don't see too much movement as of now from all these teams. But again, you never know. Uh, it just takes one uh, little shakeup, and then everyone starts panicking to try to get that one guy. Yeah, duly noted. By the way, other NFL news today. Uh, this apparently is just now breaking. What's this news on Tom Brady I'm seeing this morning here, Daniel? Yeah, the U.S. Appeals Court has uh, reinstated Tom Brady's suspension <laughs> from the NFL. So Brady will be suspended the first four games of the season, a road game against the Cardinals, and three home games against the Dolphins, Texans, and Bills. But, of course, now there's another appeals process, so I'm sure Tom Brady and the Patriots will grow through. So nothing official as far as that is concerned, but as of now, the drama begins again leading up to the draft. Brady will be done for the first four games of the season. And, of course, we'll be fully immersed in it as the Saints will take on the New England Patriots in preseason game number one come August. Oh, boy. So we might see Brady um, then. We'll see Brady then, but it'll still be a dominant story, much like it was last year when the two teams had their joint practices together. Yeah. Um, my goodness. It never ends. I'll tell you what. Never ends. Uh, as far as the NBA playoffs go, you know, we're having Bill Shoning on today, Daniel. Um, what a weekend. Not only did the Spurs uh, complete the expected sweep of the Grizzlies, but we had guys getting fined for flagrant fouls. We had a, a, an injury to the to the MVP. Um, I, I, I'm telling you, this, this first round has, has been as exciting as one could have ever have asked for, despite the problems with, say, uh, Avery Bradley's injury in Boston or Memphis's problems of fielding a, a, a good enough team to compete with the Spurs. Uh, this is a mess right now. It was crazy because at the beginning of the first round, I was thinking, man, this first round wasn't as great as I thought it would be, at least with the East I knew it was going to be pretty good, but the West with all the teams dominating, I was like, man, I might you know, start turning on the playoff hockey and go from there. But now um, you see the Celtics come back from 16 down and tie it up with the Hawks. You had the Hornets make it a game over the weekend and uh, get closer to the Heat at 2-1. to one. The Steph Curry injury, which may not affect him against the Rockets, but now you're starting to think if he's out against the Clippers, you have a better team in the Clippers, how that could change um, the course of the Western Conference race. Spurs, obviously, like you mentioned, and we'll talk to Bill Shoning about really wasn't that was a ho hum kind of series, but things are getting a lot more exciting. We thought a little a couple more sweeps. We had Cleveland, but that game was pretty good last night. Things are starting to get a little more interesting, and I like it because I thought at the first round at the beginning that we were going to see some pretty boring series, but that's not the case anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, all that does is set up what we think is going to be our busiest weekend uh, in quite some time. Mm -hmm. We'll start it off with two good guests today. Uh, still, as we mentioned, the voice of the Spurs, Bill Shoney, with us on this Monday. But after we take our first break here, we'll bring in Scott Smith, senior writer from Buccaneers.com. We'll talk about the Bucks and the number nine pick, and we'll start to dip into the NFC South in just a moment. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face -face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us. Here to build a future with you. New Orleans 2016. One night, one band. New Orleans, they're back. Guns and Roses, live for one night only. July 31st, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. Josh Groban. Run for 
on stage. Friday, July 15th at Bold Sphere Music at Champion Square. Featuring songs from his new album, Stages, as well as his classic hits. With very special guest, Sarah McLaughlin. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. We are getting into the NFC South teams now. We're up to nine. That's where we find the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scott Smith, senior writer with Buccaneers.com, is kind enough to join us here on this Monday. We're getting closer and closer, Scott, and, and a little different for the Buccaneers this time around, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Last year, by this point, we already knew. Um, in fact, our, our GM, Jason Light, had sort of uh, given us a lot of inner access for some special pieces we were doing. So by this point, even I knew, which is obviously rare. Um, and, you know, we had a whole trip planned to Alabama because we knew we were taking James Winston. This year, I, you know, I'm, I'm guessing like everybody else. What is your best guess at this point in number nine? Well, I'll tell you this. I think that uh, particularly with the two trades at the top, uh, and now we, I think we all know those are going to be quarterbacks, I think this is falling out wonderfully for us to the point where there's going to be two, three, or four players that we like still available at number nine. Um, I do like, personally, a lot of the mock drafts that give us Vernon Hargraves. Um, cornerback is a need for us even after signing Brent Grimes and Josh Robinson. Um, those guys are really more of a bridge to the next group of corners that you develop. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were a little, we were a little thin at that position last year. And, uh, even with Brent Grimes, I could, I would love seeing us take a talented corner now and develop them. And apparently this is the kind of guy that can step in right from day one. Well, that's, I think there's certainly a need for a team when six and 10 last year. I mean, when you look at the way it went last season for the Buccaneers on the field and, and what still can be accomplished here in the off season, how close are the Bucks from going from six and ten to say yeah. five hundred or better? I think we're right there. Um, you know, obviously you're going to expect me to say something along those lines as the Buccaneer guy, but uh, you know, realistically, our offense has a, a ton of promise. Jameis Winston had a wonderful rookie year. Uh, he's such a dedicated guy to his profession, works so hard that I don't see him taking a step backwards. He's already pinpointed the things that he needs to work on to get better in his second year. You know, we re-signed Doug Martin. We signed Jair Sweezy to replace Logan Mankins. Um, we hopefully will get a healthy Austin Safarian Jenkins this year. We've got young Mike Evans. We've got two rookies that started on the offensive line last year that are only going to get better. It, all the pieces are in place there for the offense, especially because Dirk Cutter, going from offense coordinator to head coach, the continuity Doug Martin was talking about the other day, they don't have to learn a new system, and they can just continue to unlock this offense that got a good start last year. So the question, of course, is can the defense take a big step forward? And, and a lot of that may have to do with Mike Smith, our new defense coordinator, and how well this scheme works and if it's an improvement over last year. Because we've already added some key pieces like Robert Ayers and Brent Grimes, and if we can get one or two more in the, in the draft, I really feel like this has to be a defensive-minded draft for us. You know, you just you could make a pretty quick turnaround on defense if we can get a better pass rush and, and a little better playing in the secondary. Yeah, I agree with you. And you guys have had an offseason so far. Scott, when you look at the remainder of your picks, you know, you've got you've got another one in round two. You've, you're pretty stacked up, even with two sixth-round picks. Um, if defense is the theme early, does that stay that way? Or do you start looking at other areas of need as the draft progresses? My guess is it stays that way. We have, under Jason Light, our two drafts, we've picked one defensive player in two years. 
it was a big hit. We got Quan Alexander in the fourth round, and, and you know he was really good for us. Started right away at middle linebacker, but I was just talking about all that young promise on our offense. That's because we spent two drafts totally restocking the offense, and now our defense needs the same treatment. We need a new, a lot of new players to to you know to fill out that depth chart and give you depth uh, and, and guys you can develop and hopefully get to a second contract. And um, I think it's actually more likely that one of your earlier picks could conceivably go to offense because if that's if there's a best player available at number nine or that high pick in the second round that that just happens to be an offensive guy, I could see them doing that. But I think the balance of the picks throughout the draft are probably going to go to defense. Scott, when it seems so obvious like that, do you find that the fans are right on board, kind of in lockstep with what the organization is wanting and needing to do? Or will there be some consternation amongst the Buccaneers faithful perhaps so much of it is invested on one side of the football. I don't think I think that's what the fans want to be honest with you um and and I think they have a a a level of trust in Jason Light after he's really had two outstanding drafts so far. Now you and I both know that the draft is a crapshoot and you know you can be better or worse at it but you can't you can't expect to always hit. So um, I, I think Jason Light's a fantastic GM. He knows what he's doing. You know, Adi Newsom said the other day that his last few drafts haven't been up to his standards. So um, I, I think our fans trust in, in Jason Light, uh, and even in a process that, you know, by definition is so hard to predict. And uh, and I think everybody around here believes we need to rebuild this defense. You know, you know the Buccaneers, when they've been good, defense has been their calling card, and fans are used to having a good defense here. You know, having a good offense is kind of a new thing for us, but – uh, and, and then one more thing, you know, this is prime Florida Gator fan territory. So if we take a guy like Vernon Hargraves, people are going to be ecstatic. Yeah, no doubt. There, there is something to be said about that as far as the instant yeah. gratification of having a Gator involved. <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, Scott, you know, we've already seen the trade at the top there with one and then another one at the second pick. Kind of in general, not necessarily with the Buccaneers and, and, and at number nine and whatnot, but you know, when I look back at last year's draft, it, you know, it was kind of ho-hum in some ways. Uh, not a whole lot of fireworks trade-wise or last-minute type surprises. Um, based on what we've already seen and, and, and how the picks line up, do you expect this year's draft will be a little more uh, volatile, shall we say? I, I totally do, and I bet you feel the same way. What was it, like 14 or 15 picks? None of them got traded last year. It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It like it was weird, but I think it's going to be the exact opposite this year. I would be shocked if there's no trades in the three to eight range before us. You know, I'm thinking about how it applies to the Buccaneers. In fact, kind of interesting where the, where the Browns now sit at number eight. If the Browns sit there at number eight and choose to take like maybe the third quarterback there, Paxton Lynch or somebody, that would be a home run for us because obviously we're not looking for a quarterback and that just bumps another player down. So that's that's the home run scenario. On the other hand, they seem like a team that would totally trade down from number eight. And when you're the team at nine, you feel like a team trading up to number eight is maybe trading right there to get the guy that you want. So it's a little bit nerve wracking right there, I think. But yeah, I would yeah. expect I, I expect a lot of trades. I don't know about you. I do, too. I think the seat uh, seatbelt better be uh, firmly fastened uh, <laughs> and uh, ready to go Thursday night, maybe even the Friday, too. But we'll you. see how it goes. Uh, Scott, as always, appreciate it. I'm glad you were able to help us out on, on uh, sneeds and, and what you think will happen there in the first, uh, let's just say, 10 to 20 picks because <laughs> it could get real interesting. So it's, it was uh, totally all the my best pleasure. to you Thank and your you. team for covering this week. Uh, thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right, Scott Smith, right. senior writer, Buckers.com with us. Talking Buccaneers and at the moment, the number nine pick. Stay with us.
Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. We're talking NBA playoffs on the Black and Blue Report. Time to talk a little NBA now here on the Black and Blue Report. The NBA playoffs continue still in round one for most. Not necessarily the case for the San Antonio Spurs, who are now clear of the first round after their win yesterday over Memphis, 116.95. And it's only fitting here on this Monday in between Jazz Fest weekends that we welcome in the voice of the San Antonio Spurs, Bill Schoening, to talk about San Antonio's first round series. Uh, Bill, if only you could be here for Jazz Fest too, this would be perfect. Well, you know, I don't want to ever attend Jazz Fest because that means we would have lost the first round. But if we ever lose the first round again, uh, you're going to be hosting me at Jazz Fest. So uh, you've got that to look forward to. Uh, of course, now, by that time, the Pelicans may very well be uh, on the conference semifinals, and uh, you'll say find your own place to stay and uh, find your own thing to do in New Orleans. But uh, uh, that would be fun. Well, maybe next year we'll have a first-round series uh, between the Spurs and the Pelicans that would obviously obviously glide into Jazz Fest. So you never know. You never that know. would be great. Hey, yes. it could happen. It could happen. Uh, not much of a real sweat here for the Spurs in round one, Bill, for obvious reasons, don't you think? Memphis was all banged up. Without Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol, in my opinion, they're two best players uh, at both ends of the floor. They're both very good offensive and defensive players. Um, I, I think that uh, it was very, very much an uphill fight for Memphis. And, and they fought, they scratched, they clawed, they do what Memphis does, but they just didn't have uh, enough offensive firepower. Did the Spurs in any way show you something, though, in their sweep that perhaps um, jumps up over the Memphis storyline? I think the one thing that I really like about this team is its depth. Now, that's true with a lot of Spurs teams, obviously, but uh, they've got versatility, and they had to go a little bit different and go small because Dave Yeager in Game 3 decided to go very small uh, with Zach Randolph being their only big, and they brought Chris Anderson off the bench and started Tony Allen instead. So they went small, uh, and the Spurs, their traditional starting lineup, but uh, Tim only played 13 minutes in that game, and we saw a lot of Boris Diaw. Uh, you know Boris very well, Sean. And he's a very versatile player who can play inside out. He can shoot threes. Uh, he, he's a very unique player. And I think because of the versatility of guys like Kawhi Leonard, like Kyle Anderson who comes off the bench, uh, and, uh, you know, David West, who you know very well, can play the four or the five, uh, five in a smaller lineup, of course. Uh, but I think because of the versatility of some of those guys they have coming off the bench, the Spurs have the opportunity to, uh, you know, play some different lineups and mix and match with other teams that might try to go small. Bill, when you look at the Spurs team, this this particular one, the regular season that they had, and I know this is difficult when when you've when you've called as many championship runs as you have, 
is there any way to sit here and say that this one is different because of whatever and and how that would translate to the secret formula to winning an NBA championship? That's a very good question. It's very difficult to answer because, as you mentioned, uh, I've seen championship teams, so I don't know if this is a championship team just yet. So it's hard to compare. Uh, in the regular season, uh, the thing that's different, I think, when you compare it to former Spurs teams that I've been with since my 15th year, uh, is the shifting of the scoring responsibilities of LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard, where you know, Tony Parker is only averaging 12 points a game, Aldridge nobody about nine and a half. Uh, Tim Duncan, nine points, eight rebounds, or eight and a half and seven and a half by the end of the year when he was sitting a lot. So, um, you know, you're not relying on the big three as much as you are on Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge. And we've seen this almost seamless shift of responsibility, uh, the way it's been handed down from David Robinson to Tim Duncan uh, to Tony Parker to Manu Schnobly, all being at one time the leading scorers from these ball clubs. Uh, and now Kawhi Leonard, of course, who's a great two-way player. Uh, so uh, it's been very interesting to see the way the whole thing has shifted. Uh, and, and I think that we saw uh, evidence of that uh, in the opening round. Yeah, and, and it seems like the recurring theme that you just went through right there is overlap. All these transitions have featured overlap. You've never seen the Spurs end one era and then try and start another. It's just seemingly a continuation, Bill. You know, it's interesting. The only dry spell the Spurs have had in terms of playoff success uh, in the 15 years I've been uh, with the ball club uh, is that period like around 09, 10, 11, right before they drafted Kawhi Leonard or made the draft a trade to get Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think that because of that, uh, they were lacking the small forward. You know, they tried a lot of different guys at that defensive three spot after Bruce Bowen was gone. And they never really had that stopper. And, of course, in the Western Conference back then, uh, you had to have somebody to really contain uh, Kevin Durant and Kobe Bryant and, and those guys, LeBron James, if they got to the finals. Uh, and uh, the Spurs really didn't have that. They tried Richard Jefferson for a while, Alonzo Juice, and different players. Uh, but when they got Kawhi, they stopped with the small forward, and that enabled them to bridge this uh, you know, from yesterday to today. So they've been very consistent. And, of course, those teams all won 50 games at least. You know, they, It's not like they, they went off the uh, – um, you know, went very, very dry and had a bad dry spell. But in terms of uh, playoff success, there was just a couple of years there where they didn't really have that stopper at the small forward spot. They got lettered, and I think that, that that turned the corner for them. Can we can we safely assume that it's Thunder Spurs next round, Bill, at this point? I think, yes. Yeah, I think you can because of the way Dallas is banged up. But Dallas looks like Memphis, looks like New Orleans. You know, I mean, they've just got a bunch of guys that are hurt and, and not playing. I think J.J. Bray is trying to play, and uh, he clearly is nowhere 100%. Now they announced that Darren Williams is out. Uh, they're obviously missing Chandler Parsons. Uh, so I think that there's going to be a really uphill struggle. I, I would be surprised if uh, uh, if they make it, uh, you know, pass one more game. So with that being said, what kind of storylines will you look at early on if we're talking about Spurs Thunder? Well, I think the number one thing that people will watch for in that series is Kawhi Leonard against Kevin Durant. Uh, that'll be an epic battle. Uh, you know, Westbrook has always given the Spurs fits, and I think that he's going to get his. Uh, but uh, I'm going to focus, and there might be times where Kawhi Leonard does shift over to Russell Westbrook to try to slow him down a little bit, uh, although he's always going to be able to, you know, uh, do what he does. Uh, the, the thing that you want to do with Westbrook, obviously, is try to build a wall around him and turn him into a jump shooter. He's improved in that area, but he's not nearly as effective when he's shooting jump shots as he is when he's getting into paint, creating for others, and getting to the free throw line a lot, uh, which is what he tends to do. So uh, the, the defense on Durant by Leonard will be important. Uh, he's done a very good job on him in the past. Uh, and then, of course, depth, because you've got Tanner coming off the bench. You can supply a lot of offense for them. 
Uh, and so I think that you're going to see a nice little bench battle. You know, guys like Deion Waiters uh, who can come in and off the bench and score. Uh, and of course, you know all the Spurs uh, bench guys like D.L. I mentioned Patty Mills, David West. Uh, it's a very solid bench for San Antonio as well. As far as the rest of the, the tournament goes here, Bill, you know, because San Antonio is involved, that's one, if you ask me, uh, the top five uh, best home floor advantages in the NBA. Uh, and the other teams that are still alive in the West all feature, you know, a, a spot perhaps if not in that top five nearby. That includes mm-hmm. this next round against Oklahoma City. Does home floor advantage play as big as a storyline as I think it does here? Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, OKC is like a college crowd. As you know, you've done many, many games there. Uh, and, and it really is the closest thing, in my opinion, Sean, and you, like me, did a lot of college basketball through the years, uh, the, the closest you can get to is like a college uh, atmosphere where the, the people are standing uh, throughout the course of the early part of the game until the first basket is scored. Uh, they get there earlier than I think some, you know, like L.A., you know, they get there, what, midway through the second quarter? <laughs> so uh, in Oklahoma City, they're usually set and ready to go uh, well before game time. Uh, maybe the the fastest arriving crowd in the NBA. It's always crowded there early. So um, anyway, to answer your question, yeah, home court advantage is big in the series. And the Spurs, of course, only lost one home game. Think about that, that they matched the Boston Celtics record of uh, home wins, 40-1. Uh, the Celtics are storing the uh, Parish uh, Bird McKaylee, or 85-86. And the only loss was to a team that won 73 games. <laughs> and that was by six points. So – um, you know, it's pretty amazing what they were able to do at home this year. Yeah, it's remarkable. It really is. And, and it kind of takes me to a place here, Bill, in, in trying to place myself into the shoes of a Spurs or a Thunder fan that uh, chalk could be true here. And that is, uh, you know, you go to a place and you might drop two games down, uh, but knowing that you're going to go home again certainly would be enough to say momentum can come back our way as opposed to, you know, you, you you go home two, down 2-0, and I'm thinking of the Thunder next round. You might mm-hmm, think you're out mm-hmm. of it, but I, I don't think that any team will feel that way. Do you? No, and I think the Thunder uh, have enough veteran players that they can win a road game, and the Spurs feel that same way. Uh, I think uh, one of the pivotal games in the Spurs championship run in 14, when they beat Miami four games to one in the finals, was when they won game six in the conference finals at Oklahoma City. As you know, uh, that place gets really revved up for the playoffs, and here it is, the conference finals, game six. The Spurs got a clutch basket uh, down the stretch from Tim Duncan and won that ball game. and I think that's one of the reasons why Tim was so confident going in against Miami, who, of course, had broken the Spurs' hearts the year before. They had the series wrapped up in game six and didn't finish the deal. Uh, that's why he said at the end of that game, uh, you know, we'll get them this time. And he, meant, and he wasn't, you know, and that's very, very – unlike Tim Duncan to make a prediction like that. Uh, but I think he felt that confidence because they won that game at Oklahoma City, which is a very, very tough place to play. Yeah, no doubt. Bill Shoney with us, the voice of the Spurs. Bill, let me back you up just a little bit, at least back up your lens here just a touch. I know you've been focused in on your first-round matchup there with Memphis, but now that you guys are clear of that, and I know you've been observing from afar the others, uh, what, what things about the other playoff series, whether it be East or West, have given you pause here in the first couple weeks of this tournament? 
Well, of course, you know, we always focus on the West until we see the team from the East who probably will be Cleveland, I'm not sure. Uh, if Avery Bradley was healthy, I, I really liked Boston to, to, you know, make a nice run. Uh, and they're still giving Atlanta a tough series uh, even without him, but uh, that's their best perimeter defender. Uh, he's a very important player to Boston. Uh, as far as the West is concerned, obviously the big uh, question mark is Steph Curry's health. Uh, and um, I, I think it's going to be very difficult if the Clippers uh, beat uh, Portland. If Portland wins that series, I don't think the Warriors will have much of a problem uh, with the Blazers. But if the Clippers uh, win that series and they're healthy uh, going in, uh, regardless of Steph's health, and I, I think you know even if Steph plays, he's not going to be 100%. I don't think we're going to see uh, Steph Curry, at least in the immediate future, just judging from what I've seen in the last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, I think the Clippers could really give the Warriors a tough time in the next round. I really do. Yeah, tough time for sure, which takes us to, I guess, the ultimate question with regard to the Warriors, and you've seen them enough now. Can the Warriors win it all without a um, without Steph Curry or without a uh, 100% Steph Curry? Are they are they balanced enough to absorb that blow? I think without 100% Steph Curry, yes. Uh, without him at all, I think it would be very, very difficult for them because I think that you know he is that X factor in terms of you know he hits the impossible shot, he keys the 12-0 run. Uh, Oracle is a tough place to play. Always has been. Even when the Warriors weren't very good, they packed that place. You know, you got to give a lot of credit to the Warriors fans. They've stuck with that franchise, uh, you know, through and through, through some tough times, and they do a great job there. Uh, but I think without Steph Curry, it would be extremely difficult for them to get through some of the teams they're going to have to get through to win. Fair enough. All right, Bill, you guys are the ones that will be uh, representing our Southwest Division, so all the best and enjoy a little <laughs> rest here this week. Do we still have divisions in the NBA? Do, do we even still pay attention to any of that? I, you know, it, it, I, it, it's I funny because uh, no, who who knows who's in your division anymore? It's, it's all about the conference. But uh, um, best of luck. Uh, I guess you're getting ready for football soon, huh? Well, that little thing called the NFL draft takes up some uh, time this week. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, <laughs> well, good luck with all that, Sean. And uh, if you ever get uh, over to Austin during the off season, please feel free to stop in and say hi. Absolutely. I'll need at least your list of play dates at clubs in Austin, you know. I got them. I got them memorized. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Bill Shoney with us here. There he goes, the voice of the Spurs. So they will be up next most likely against the Oklahoma City Thunder as they are the first to clinch a series in the NBA playoffs. Take a break, and we'll be right back here on the Black and Blue Report. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that, so we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. 
We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, we're about ready to wrap things up here on the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Big thanks to our guest today, Scott Smith from Buccaneers.com. Bill Schoening, of course, the voice of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Daniel, my mood for tomorrow's show could be greatly affected by a certain Game 7 in the NHL playoffs tonight. As you are aware, it is Blues-Blackhawks in St. Louis tonight. Game seven. Um, I'm hoping for a big result for the uh, St. Louis Blues, um, but I'll try not to let it deeply affect <laughs> the show tomorrow. Is that fair? It's fair, but I'll be rooting for the Blues just so it doesn't affect your boot. And um, I'm also going to be in St. Louis this week, so I would like to hop on the Blues bandwagon uh, with a win tonight. That way, when I'm there, I can check it out, and I'm sure St. Louis will be in full hockey mode. So I'm, I'm actually rooting for your Blues for, for different purposes. But, yes, um, hopefully it's a win t- tonight. And then you're in a happy mood tomorrow in Studio B. Yeah, fair enough. Been a great series, no doubt. I just yep. like to see finally the Blues beat the Blackhawks. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we know this. We'll have great guests tomorrow. We'll continue our NFL draft preview series. The Bears pick at number 11. So Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun Times will be with us to talk about that. Uh, and at number 10, uh, we'll start our conversation tomorrow with Anita Marks talking about the New York football giants. So good Tuesday program for you. That'll set up Wednesday's final black and blue report before the NFL draft. We'll be finishing off the NFC uh, South with, of course, the Falcons and the Panthers. And John DeShazer will be with us to set the table for the New Orleans Saints. Mickey Loomis is uh, scheduled to speak to the media on Wednesday. You'll look for that press conference on NewOrleansSaints.com. And then we'll take a break from black and blue report Thursday and Friday. We'll put all of our focus into our NFL draft special on NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll do it for a third year in a row, taking it obviously from a Saints perspective, Thursday night, Friday night, and then wrapping up the final rounds on Saturday afternoon. Daniel, um, uh, uh, hopefully you're fully recovered from Jazz Fest. We have a very busy week ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying right now. I'm trying to recover a little bit, but uh, I'll, I'll get there. I'm looking forward to the rest of the week and there should be a great weekend between the NBA playoffs, the NFL draft, the NHL playoffs. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the sports world. Absolutely. Keep it to pelicans.com, neworleansaints.com for the absolute latest. And we'll see you tomorrow right back here for the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at neworleansaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Do you-